a mum of four and I'm living in Victoria on Gundajamara country. Unfortunately, my family is stolen generation, so I do not specifically know my ancestral traditional lands that I come from. Um, I am a hard of hearing mum, so I have had a lot of issues with middle ear infection myself throughout my life. And one of my beautiful children, unfortunately, was blessed with the very same middle ear issues that I have. And he will very soon be fitted with a hearing aid. Um, yeah, I'm very much a person who loves being on country. I love working in community. It's one of my favourite things to do. And I understand that uh, a lot of the what you live with encouraged you to be a part of the hearing assessment program early years. Can you talk to us about the journey that got you to become a community engagement officer? So I previously worked in my local ACRO for a number of years. I had worked alongside my elders on a community home support program. Being alongside my elders every day, we all had a lot of hearing loss issues. It was a very interesting environment to be in. And December last year, I took my son to a happy appointment and he had a middle ear infection at the time. For me, as a hard of hearing mum, having those issues too, I never thought that the issues that I have could have been inherited by my children. Um, seeing my son go through the hearing assessment program and getting his hearing checked and his ears checked for middle ear infection, it was really engaging for him and it was a very warming experience to see him go through the testing and he felt very comfortable, he felt very safe especially that the hearing services were provided at his local ACO. Yeah, and it just it went from there. I applied for a job, had an interview, got hired, and it is one of the best experiences of my life, especially being able to address the middle ear issues that are going on within community. Maybe could you explain a little bit about what's involved in your role? So for me as a community engagement officer, we're on the ground, we are talking to community about ear health and how to recognise the signs of middle ear infection. We are the ones who are setting up the trips for clinicians to be able to go to clinics and facilitate the clinics. And we are also upskilling Aboriginal health workers in how to use some more specific diagnostic tools to be able to diagnose middle ear infection and look for that and also to be able to refer onto an ear health journey pathway. Um, we very recently have our First Nations Services Unit has recently brought out some health um, telehealth appointments. It's been a great addition to the Hearing Australia Services, providing greater flexibility to meet the needs of parents and carers, especially for those who have been affected by lockdowns or might live in very rural, remote areas where ear health access and ear health care is not so readily available. You talked about visiting communities and ensuring that uh, health practitioners also communicate with local uh, communities as well. Could you maybe talk to us a little bit about where you headed to or how far and wide travel you were able to do? I mean, obviously, pandemic times means that travel is limited, but I'd like to get the width and breadth of how far you travel? We are a nationwide wide team. 
Um, we work collaboratively with a lot of organisations across Australia and we are a completely free program to be able to go and work side along, alongside any communities. Um, now, I understand this First Nations Service Unit is the first of its kind and it's bringing together a number of programs from the federal government. Could you maybe drill down a little bit more into how it works? So the First Nations Services Unit brings together the delivery of Hearing Australia's three Australian government-funded programs for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, we have the Hearing Assessment Program, Early Ears, also known as HAPI. Um, we have the Community Services Obligations, which will commonly be known as CSOs, um, and a component of the Hearing Services Program. And we also have the recently established Listen to Learn program, which is due to roll out very shortly. Um, the unit, we collaborate with our partners to provide more effective coordination and culturally appropriate services to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across Victoria, regardless of their age, location or hearing needs. The First Nations unit works with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peak bodies, ear health coordinators and other ear health stakeholders to address the high rates of ear disease and hearing loss in First Nations children and adults. Currently, Hearing Australia, we provide services to 285 communities and this number is continually growing. There's more than 70 people who work in the new team with the support of over 100 audiologists to deliver integrated services to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across the country. I was wondering if you could also talk to me about how telehealth is involved in the unit as well. With the pandemic currently still going on, I suppose, telehealth is an integral part for the health service in general. But could you maybe tell us the, the benefits of telehealth specifically for um, trying to improve hearing health? Yes. So telehealth is making it more accessible for a lot of families who are in remote communities. We are able to do some more verbal screening over the phone directly with families and also via video link, any means necessary that the family is able to access. And this way we can make sure that the kids who really need to be travelling for a further hearing assessment are the ones that are going and not putting a higher burden on some families that may need to travel six hours to go for an ear check. It's very easy to access this. Um, all you need to do is call Hearing Australia on 134 432 or visit hearing.com.au for more information about that as well. Do you think that the pandemic has changed how we look after our hearing health? Uh, are you are you seeing a much more take up of telehealth to improve that? Yes, I am. It's been a really good addition for services as well, especially ones where either beginning their clinics had been delayed and introducing more of the conversation as well to families. So in a lot of the telehealth appointments, they will take the time to also talk about signs of ear health with families as well in case any child situation changes while in lockdowns are waiting for the next clinic date. It's been a fantastic addition and the uptake's been really well established. You said earlier in this interview that the unit will also provide local training and support services in person as well as online to those who want to 
be involved in healthcare. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and how that training works? Yes, so we are specifically targeting and working with Aboriginal health workers as well as early childhood educators. Um, we will provide training on plum and hats. Um, that is basically a questionnaire for parents with a clinician that's really talking about a child's listening and yarning skills and how they're developing and interacting. Um, from this, an Aboriginal health worker is able or an early childhood educator is able to refer a child on for a full audiology assessment or straight into speech therapy. Um, we have some training that will be coming around Sound Scouts, which is an app that children can have their hearing tested on. It's fantastic, especially when coming out the other side of COVID, a lot of people have a lot of social anxiety, so that also kind of fills in the gap in that aspect as well. Mm. We're able to work alongside educators to teach kids how to blow their noses and good cough etiquette, especially in the current climate. That's an added bonus. And yeah, there's a lot of options. One thing I also uh, think is really great about this unit is that it is another step to trying to uh, reduce the rate of hearing loss in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. And Hearing Australia have actually made a commitment to uh, reduce that by half by 2029. Talk to us about how you think are the primary steps to be able to achieve that goal from a community engagement officer's perspective? For me, it comes down to beginning to educate our families on ear health and the signs. Um, even for me, growing up, ear health concerns were very prevalent in my family and it was something that really wasn't thought about. Um, I really struggled throughout my education. I loved singing when I was a teenager and I dropped my singing lessons because it was really hard. Um, I think one of the core foundations of our program moving forward is the education aspect. And the, one of the biggest things that I always say to anyone who listens to my story is every time you go to a GP, ask the GP to check your child's ears or an Aboriginal health worker or anyone who's qualified to do so. You being a parent of someone who is also hearing impaired has uh, obviously brought this issue home to you and it's very much an important issue to you. I can hear it. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you talk to other parents about your experiences and maybe even talk to us a little bit about your experiences of going on that journey of trying to get your children to live with hearing impairments and navigate life? Yeah, it's a very personal story, me communicating with community. I love sharing it. It's always the first step where community go, oh, well, you know, maybe I might have something that's wrong with my ears and it always starts a conversation for them to get checked and they feel a little bit more comfortable doing so. Having their hearing loss, it can be a little bit scary, but at the same time, it's not very scary. Um, my youngest son, he's got a lot of speech development um, issues. He's very behind in his speech at the current time, and he's almost three. He turns three in December. But 
getting your ears checked and finding out if there is any concern, it can be addressed. There is amazing hearing aids on the market. Going to see a speech pathologist for young children who might have delays. When my son was first diagnosed with ongoing middle ear infections, I was the mum who was scared and I'd leave the appointment and I'd want to ask more questions. But on the next visit, any question that I had, the audiologist would answer them for me. And it was a really amazing experience to be so heavily supported through. Get your kids' ears checked at any chance you can. Emma Sparrow, thank you very much for talking to us here at Karma. No worries. Thank you.